and welcome to Wendy's Words of Wisdom. Uh, today, I've not done a, a podcast for a while, but we've had quite a hiatus. But um, today, I'm very happy to welcome Tiernan Dueb. Welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Um, Wendy's Words of Wisdom, the people, regulars know that it's not my words of wisdom, it's your words of wisdom. I just ask you stuff about what you know, and you know heaps about loads of stuff, don't you? Well, uh, yeah, but I, think, <laughs> I always think I'm a bit of like, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Like, I, I know lots of little bits of things. <laughs> I don't know if I know a lot about anything. It's such a rarity in a comic to say, well, you know, I don't know that much, but most of them sit there and go, yeah, really? I know everything. Yeah. I'll happily <laughs> well, admit bizarrely, that I know Josh, nothing. Josh Howie did, like, he, we talked about um, films with him, and Dan Schreiber, we talked about books with him, and it just sort of, Catherine Ryan, we talked about... Um, um, her Jay-Z conspiracy theories, which got us a little bit worried that I was going to get. <laughs> I love that that's what she's most wise about. That's she's, well, she's very up to date on all the sort of celebrity celebrity chat. Um, but anyway, but you but you do, um, you're quite political. I mean, I know a lot about your gig with you for a long time. I mean, if I think we did Comedy Club for Kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was ages ago, that wasn't was it? was a long time ago, and I seem to recall when my eldest was at primary school, we thought it'd be a great idea to do it in their class. Do you remember that? Yes. Do you know my my favourite memory of that was when we said to the whole class, "Do you know what stand up is?" And they all stood up, <laughs> and I had to explain, "No, no, it's stand up comedy. You can all sit down." But they were all quite keen to show me that oh, you no, were standing so up. Was it was very sweet. I learned an important lesson that day. <laughs> but it was bizarre because they were all learning to write, and I was kind of like, "There's no reason for. There's no reason to write when you're a kid. You know, when you're learning something at school, and you're like, what is the fucking point?'" in this yeah and so we were sort of trying to teach them jokes but then we asked somebody tells a funny story about a can of coke exploding and then i seem to recall us getting like 15 different exploding cans of coke stories because we'd given that such yeah because they also that as the one example i wrote <laughs> we've all got one there was that one kid though i'm sure it was like the one kid who was really good that ended up being brilliant in assembly but he yeah. was quite like the teacher said he was quite difficult but then yeah. in, in the assembly he did that joke about going to the park to play football with his dog oh my dog won yeah. whatever and then he walked off so coolly I always remember that he, yeah but he was, he, that, he was a revelation yeah but is that that is funny about certain comics though when you sort of meet them I find that so often you meet a comic off stage and you say hi how are you doing and they're like sort of you know really quiet and meek and then you think god this guy's gonna die in his arse and then he goes out on stage and kills it with his different persona altogether yeah but it's because it's I always think that, that loads of people are able to switch on something else when they're on stage, though, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, when I first started out, there was lots of computer programmers doing stand-up. Yeah, like a secret. It's like their <laughs> secret nighttime. It's like a sort of Batman Bruce Wayne thing, isn't it? In yeah. the daytime, boring, boring job at nighttime. I'm a rock and roll they, superstar. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, obviously, I, I, I know you, but I've looked up a few things about you. Talk me through shaving, um, Gillian Anderson shaving your back. Um, oh, yeah, that's... It's, a, it's such a... I don't know. I say it's a weird thing, do but... people often pick up on that when they... Yeah, they do, yeah. But it, the thing is, it's, it's, it is weird, but it was part of Mark Watson's 27-hour show, and right. I've done a lot of Mark Watson's stupidly long shows with him, uh-huh. and every year, really weird stuff happens. So it's kind of within its context... I suppose it's not that strange. Um, I'm sure that's a lot of men's fantasy, that Gillian Anderson would come and shave their back. Well, it, it was really weird, because as a 15-year-old, I thought she was incredible, right? I, I was so what, in love with her. What, you going off now? Well, no, no, but <laughs> I think... shave my back. No, 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 God, no. No, but I just think that I never imagined that if I was to meet her, mm-hmm. that I'd be... I was wearing a dress, because that was part of my challenge for the 27-hour show, I that thought. I wore a different dress every hour. And then I was wearing a dress, and then, yeah, and she saw me as she, she came to the show to kind of 
felt bad, and she suddenly went, I want to shave this guy's back. And immediately then found a razor, somebody found a razor, and they did, couldn't find any shaving foam, so they used hummus, then soap, then something else. It was really gross. So in my head, there's me going, I mean, Gillian Anderson is amazing. And then there's part of you going, but this is disgusting. <laughs> this isn't how I wanted to meet she her. She sounds like a good sport. Yeah, she was really fun. She was immediately up for everything mm-hmm. straight away, helping out. She stayed for about an hour. She was oh, brilliant. Oh, wow. Yeah, very cool. What are the other sort of bizarre things you've ended up doing on those shows? Uh, well, that year, the last one, because I had two challenges last year, which was wear a dress every hour, different dress every hour, mm-hmm. and also had to do a horrible forfeit every hour because Mark Watson hates me. So I got hit in the face with a giant fish. I had to drink a cup a of flour. Fish? Yeah, Ugh. yeah. So there were lots of really horrible ones. And who comes up with them? Uh, the audience and Mark, oh, right. yeah. It's all for charity, isn't it? It's one of those sort of things where you... Humiliate yourself for charity. Yeah, and I don't Is normally like... Is that what like... a charity would want, though? <laughs> I don't know. Well, they didn't, you know, because I, I really wanted to get... Uh, the, the previous year, when we did the 25-hour show, I got hit in the face with a custard pie on the hour every hour. And there was a point where some clowns turned up and dunked me in a bath of custard, and it got worse and worse and worse. But la- the last one, I wanted to get hit in the face with water of increasing amounts. Okay. And, and I had some firemen that were willing to come and turn a fire hose on me, like, to the safest level oh they do God. it. And Comic Relief said, no, that would be a waste of water, so we can't do that because we're campaigning for countries that don't have enough water. Okay. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay. But they were fine with me getting hit in the face with a real fish because no one cares. Because that's just you. No one cares about you. Yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> that's, 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 that's so sad. The riding feeling here. This is so depressing. Oh, the tears yeah. of a clown. I need my own charity <laughs> and then I can employ other people yeah, to make fun of themselves. cruelty to tyranny and charity. Yeah. yeah. But this is the thing, is, is Mark, because there's very few people I'll do that for, but... Um, I've known Mark for years, as I'm sure you have as well, and just on the mm-hmm. circuit and comedy. And every time he asks me to help him with these shows, I can't help but go, yeah, all right, I'll do something weird. Cause I seem to recall me and the kids were like listening to it or watching or something. And I was like, they haven't eaten, they must be hungry. And do we not bring some, some bagels one Yes, time? that's what you did. You brought some amazing food in at one hour. Maybe was it in the morning? I think it might have been about lunchtime. Cause I, was like, I wonder if they've eaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got the yeah. I got the piss ripped out and like so what you did for comic relief Wendy was feed comedians, yeah. Your brain doesn't work unless you've eaten. <laughs> yeah, starving comedians. I think if anything, that's very charitable indeed. <laughs> yeah, you did. You were very, you were a savior at that moment. I, if I remember, but I think that's one of them had the cheese on them. I think there was cheese and cheese and pickle on one of them, and Mark hit the roof. Yes, he doesn't yes. like cheese. Yeah, it's really. So, I don't any... know. You didn't like cheese. He's, uh, yeah, he's, re- he's really odd. He, um, there's, because it's really hard to remember everything that happened in all of them, but there's, there's, um, Isabel, who I run Comedy Club Kids, mm-hmm. she, she, um, she's taken minutes of all the shows. You can find them online oh, if you want right. to go through them. I mean, it's a really long, it'll take you ages. And Isabel's, but you'll be in Isabel's there the girl that said the, um, she's always at Old Rope as well, isn't she? She does Old Rope. She goes to Open Affair about, yeah. yeah. She's a big comedy fan. Wow. Yeah. I love that people are big comedy fans. I was like, I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't yeah. get it. I do it, but I don't get it. I yeah. But you, do all you, comedy. Do you ever go to comedy on your nights off comedy? I do sometimes. Yeah, I, I'm, I like going to the, sort of the big shows and seeing people that, I mean, Billy Connolly I could listen to all day, every day. I just think he's extraordinary. I like, the, I like the way I feel like he's just chatting to me in the pub. Did you see his recent one? I didn't see the recent one. No, I, I, d- I, I didn't. I really wished I'd got I to saw see the it. one before, which was like just two hours of him wanging oh, on. Hilariously. Amazing. Yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah. But you're quite a political animal. You do, is your, most of your com- I mean, I've not seen your comedy for ages. Is it political stuff? Yeah, well, it's become political. I didn't want it to. You weren't always political, though, were you? No. No, not at all. No, my comedy just used to be stupid. 
I remember the tear and the beer and gag. Yeah, that was yeah. Just it was stupid. It was wordplay. Like my my oldest joke that I still do lots is that um, Lionel Richie is both rich and looks like a lion. That was like that was the sort of stuff I liked doing. And then um, I think as I've got older, I've just got increasingly more angry and despairing at the world. And like I can't help but write about it because that's what I do every day as I read the news and go, oh god, everything's shit. Everything's awful. So I want to talk about that. And is your new show quite political show? Yeah, well, I um, so I'm not writing a new show for Edinburgh this year, but okay. I've uh, my last show was pretty political, um, called "The World's Full of Idiots." Let's live in space. Okay, uh, and we filmed that in January. It's coming out end of May. End of May. End of May. It should be out on on like to download on the internet. Um, I'm very lucky. I've got a friend who is very professional filmer and editor and has worked on the new Star Wars Rogue One film and stuff and he filmed my show with the same cameras and I got stupid he went this camera's oh got God. Star Wars sand in it and I was like I can't concentrate on the show now that's um, amazing so it's really so it'll look really cool that pretty um, much means you're in Star Wars isn't it I think that's it isn't I it I think that's basically. what that shortcut is basically I could put Star Wars over like the little logo on the top of my yeah. film couldn't I you should do that I'm gonna I'm sure Lucasfilm would be alright with it yeah. wouldn't they yeah, D- Disney. Disney would be lens. fine. I'm sure they'd be fine with that. Yeah. Mind you, my um, you know how like knowledgeable kids are about media and all that. Kind of, I, I, my mind was blown when um, the kids were quite little and we drove past McDonald's and I think it was Madagascar, and Max turned to me and said, "Oh, uh, Mad- Madagascar must be out on DVD." And I said, "Why?" And he said, "Because it's the second round of toys and Happy Meals." Oh my God. I said, like, "What do you mean?" And he said, "Well." They give you the toys from Madagascar when the film comes out, and then they do it again when the DVD. Oh my god! I, had, I was like, oh my god! I didn't. And of course, you went to collect them all. But if you miss it first time round, you can get it when the DVD comes out. So they're so savvy about all that, and they're thrilled to bits that Disney have bought Star Wars because it means finally there are decent Disney Star Wars costumes. Oh well, that's a because good reason. Because Disney do decent, decent fancy dress costumes, whereas other the, the other ones are all a bit of flimsy. It's, I mean, the, the funny thing is, you saying that I've got two feelings. Because one is, it's really sad how kids are so fine with this kind of capitalist <laughs> over marketing. You know, they're just yeah. so yeah. Of course, this is what happens. This is fine. That's upsetting. But at the same time, I love that it's big to wear good costumes. Like yeah. I'm really, I'm up for that bit. <laughs> all right, it's good, good Star Wars costumes. Totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely a good side of it. But it's just interesting how their their brains are sort of oh, it's terrifying. It's terrifying, isn't it? God, I, I, yeah, I find it all, um, uh, and uh, I might get boring for a minute, but I've been trying to, because I'm, I'm trying to do more politics stuff, and yeah. I, but I, I don't know a lot about it, and I came to it really, I came to politics quite late, when I was about 29, 30 was when I first decided to be interested. I went mm-hmm. to some, something like the Iraq War marches yeah. in, in 2001 and all that, but I didn't. I've never been that interested. Um, and um, so recently, I've been going to like a lot of panel discussions. Uh-huh. And there's been some really good ones at like Foyle's Bookshop, all leading to the mayoral candidates. Oh, and, that's um, interesting. Yeah, they're really good. And, but um, it's quite nice to have a sort of idiot's guide to politics, because I kind of feel like even the language that they use is to sort of exclude the people that vote for them. Because all yeah. the, they all went to Eton. I mean, there's a horrific number of our prime ministers that were educated at Eton. Yeah. So it's that sort of exclusive. Well, also, if you, if you don't, understand it we just listen to the ta- the catchphrases you know mm-hmm. the kind of this is good for us it must be and you don't listen to all the finer detail or mm-hmm. um and, and it's it's one of the things like um because i've started my own podcast recently which uh, the whole point of it is to 
uh, basically try and explain stuff every week. So I'm okay. doing like satire. I'm doing some comedy on it, but then I'm interviewing people who actually explain things. So oh, cool. um, well, last week we had like a privacy law lecture explaining the investigative powers bill, which is terrifying, which will basically allow the Home Office to spy on all of us all the time and look at all our internet history. Um, and, you know, we've had like a junior doctor on there and yeah. uh, all these it's sorts of so things. But this, this panel the other week, the one... Um, and this is something that I, I don't understand well enough to do comedy about it yet. So mm-hmm. I, this is why I feel stupid. It makes me angry. But um, George Monbio, who's a Guardian writer who mm-hmm. I really like, um, he was talking about neoliberalism uh-huh. and uh, and how it's the system that we've lived in since Thatcher, but no one can really describe it. Because I was like, I don't know what that means. I'm not. I don't have a great right wing liberalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. And and um, but he the way he described it very succinctly is that everything is competitive. Everything must be a competitive industry in everything, healthcare, education, everything must be competitive uh, and everybody um, must be a consumer. And if anything goes against that competitivism, then it's against freedom. And that's the ideology. Mm-hmm. And I sort of went, oh, God, that's terrifying. Yeah. That's scary. But it is. It's what happens with everything. And I don't know. That's Well, then, like, Apple, like, we've got loads of Apple products and that's just consuming, isn't it? Consuming, consuming, consuming products iTunes apps it's all um, what strikes me as embarrassing about the way that embarrassing and horrific about the way we live now in 2014 I did a show about Stephen my husband um, nearly dying in America right and he was in hospital for uh, 10 days and basically he had a, a an ulcer a, a bleeding ulcer oh God. and they didn't know what was wrong with him so he was in hospital and I was like obviously toting up the amount of what we would owe and we would have owed fifty six thousand dollars. <sighs> That's insane. Yeah, That's and what's really alarming is because I took him to the county hospital where they see everyone and not the expensive one where mm. we, our health insurance, our travel insurance would have covered it. So I did a show in 2014 explaining, because I broke down and explained exactly what's going on in the NHS. And exactly, I mean, we don't really have an, we don't have an NHS anymore. It's, no, it's we, been we've got private health care. It's, yeah. it's, it's been like that since 2012. And um, our, our NHS is 70% private which satisfies the world health organization's criteria for a private yeah. healthcare system so people are fighting for the energy that's not there anymore it's no, they've, they've no, dismantled no. it so i did this show and explained how it happened and with the odd joke in there you know yeah yeah and what astonished me about it was how many people said and this was just before the scottish referendum um how many people in scotland said oh, well then i'll just we'll just vote yes to stay in scotland uh, to, 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 to leave right. uh, the UK so that our healthcare system's fine. And I was baffled that their idea was, well, I'll just look, a- I'll just look after me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just look Very after selfish, me and I'll be it? fine. You're like, do you know what? If you don't look after everyone else, yeah. there's going to be no one standing for you when you need the help. Yeah. But that's that's how every, everyone is now. It's really, I mean, as part of it, I understand, in that there's so many things going wrong. You sort of go, I, need, I can only focus on the bits that affect me. <laughs> yeah. Like, that sort of makes sense. You know, you look at what how the cost of living is affecting you and your life and mm-hmm. you can't look out for everyone. But then there's, well, I don't then know. You have to, though. You have to look out for everyone. It's the tiny, yeah. the tiny actions of, like, if no one stood up for, people who have a voice have to stand up for those who don't because otherwise yeah. you're, just, you're just perpetuating. No, no I, I totally agree with you. I think, yeah. I think the whole point is that we have to, um, uh, which is, again, another thing that, like, George Monbiot was saying, I thought was amazing, that apparently... Uh, 
a number of philosophers calling now the age of loneliness, which is really comedy, oh. hooray. But it's because it's it's we don't have unions anymore. It's because we're all divided in politics and in, you know, and, and we're also assessed through social media. We don't yeah. really interact properly anymore. And I did sort of go, age of loneliness, great. That's cheered me right up. Great. But, but stand-up comic driving home from yeah. on my own again. <laughs> oh, but it's God, okay. It's the age of loneliness. <laughs> Every time. They're not going to be releasing any songs about that, are they? I mean, the no. age of Aquarius was quite an upbeat <laughs> one. <laughs> I think that's what we could, next comic relief, we'll get comics together, do Age of Loneliness. This is the coming <laughs> of the Age of Loneliness. I like that. I think it's got a ring. And it ends with us all crying <laughs> in separate rooms. Yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. So your politics, are you, I take it you're like, because I always think the, a really interesting Margaret Thatcher quote was when someone said to her, what are you proudest of? What's your greatest achievement? And she said, new labour. Oh, Wow. God, I didn't know that. That's a terrifying thing. But she's right. Yeah, oh, she's absolutely right. But that's, I mean, I always think that's interesting where people think, yeah, we had a Labour government for that in the years, and you go, they were pretty awful. (laughs) I mean, there's a few things they did good. Apart apart from the fact that he was a war criminal. Yeah, 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 exactly. Even that, you know, know when they were parading Saddam Hussein uh, in his underpants, and I was thinking, I'm sure that must be breaking some kind of Geneva Convention about respecting whatever you know, atrocities someone has committed. You're not allowed to parade the leader of another country in his pants. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, I'm no I don't expert know if there's a small on United print. Nations a law. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to assume that walking about As long as he's pants, got shoes on, it's yeah. fine. Is it? <laughs> he had his head covered and he yeah. had gloves on, so it was fine to have him in a codpiece. That's it. But it's a lot. So you're a left wing. Yeah, I am. Are yeah. you a Jeremy Corbyn fan? Yeah, I am, but um, I also feel a bit annoyed with him at times because, well, and the thing is, I also know it's my own fault for being a moment because he came in and said, I've got this new politics, it's not going to be aggressive, I'm going to, you know, read questions to Prime Minister rather than uh-huh. attacking him. But I still watch him go, just attack him. He's, he's done, like, Cameron's been such an easy target lately with the, the offshore taxes and the steel industry and, you know, uh, offshore tax avoidance and steel yeah. industry and all these kind of things that have come in. You go, you could destroy him and make everyone feel happy. But, is that, you know? but then it's, I think it's part of his strength that he doesn't. Yeah, well, that's it. I know I know that's what you said. He's ineffective because he's not doing anything. Yeah, and I I think there's also, you know, um, I think there are some stupid mistakes he's made. Like, for example, there was a Prime Minister's question, and and I watch them every week because this is my stupid life now. But there was a Prime Minister's question that was happening while one of the junior doctor strikes was happening, Mm -hmm. and and Corbyn didn't bring it up. And you just think, at least mention that this is going on right now. You know, it feels like he misses a lot of opportunities. But... Do I also, you know, he's got ho- however much to deal with and however much to do. He, this, the, you're sitting in his constituency. So yeah, we, I know, We, we I voted know. for him. We voted for Jeremy. Oh, good. And he's great, though, because he, he does. He, he's in the constituency. And I, I love that quote when um, he was caught off mic when the Prime Minister had said, I mean, the jives that David Cameron throws at... Uh, I showed the kids Prime Minister's question time, and oh, they wow. were appalled. I bet they were. They were like, Mummy, are they in charge? So, yeah, yeah, and and Burkhardt does fucking nothing, um, unless David Cameron's being attacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mortifying. Yeah, but um, I when I when D- Jeremy Corbyn was caught off mic and someone said to him, he was like, "Well, I better get myself a new, I better straighten my tie." The Prime Minister told me to get a new suit, and then he said, "Oh, he's just jealous because he has, uh, I get to shop in Bo- God's own postcode N seven. Holloway Road, and he has to make do with Bond Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I heard that. That was great. Oh, brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. He's got a sense of He's very that. nicely grounded, isn't he? You know, I like but he that. He feels like a politician that's actually got the concerns. I know, he, like, 
there's like people that um, say, accuse him of anti-Semitism and yeah. siding with um, IRA and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, that's, I'm going to go out there on a limb and say that's not good. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Well, the IRA thing is, uh, the anti-Semitism I, I don't know enough about. I've been looking into, it's, there's different parts of the party and how do you know if that is or isn't happening? Mm-hmm. And if it is, it needs to be stopped. Yeah. But the IRA stuff is... Again, they're really good at sort of misquoting him. You know, there's certain things that he supported in terms of helping to get a, a peace agreement, mm-hmm. which meant talking to the IRA. That doesn't necessarily mean he was going, yeah, bomb everything, I'm yeah, totally yeah. with you. You know, and it, it was the same as uh, when he, you know, they said he sympathised with Osama bin Laden and all that, and it was like, no, he said we should have interrogated him, and that meant we could have got more information, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, rather than assassinate someone. Like, he's quite, he, he does think it through, but the problem is other people are louder and have yeah, more money. Yeah, but the and, people with the voice, But I find it astonishing that David Cameron can have a go at Jimmy Carr. And like even in my 2014 show, I said David Cameron's father made his money from an offshore uh, tax in an offshore tax haven Mm. that is documented, and no one knows how much David Cameron is worth because all the money's offshore. Yeah, yeah. So it's not you know it's not he must have known. And I think I kind of I can't believe that he must be made of titanium, David Cameron, because he gets away. With yeah. so much, yeah. and he has that sort of barefaced cheek and that arrogance of thinking he's above the law that comes when you are super wealthy. Yeah, 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 and and I think it's it's partly that confidence that allows him to get away with it as well. You know, I mean, the fact that he didn't apologise at all last week for the tax avoidance stuff. He just kind of went, that's what I've got, you know, uh, the people are insulting my dad and I won't have that. And you've got a load of free money that you've yeah. not contributed to the country. And you're slashing the NHS because there's no money. Guess yeah. where, it's, where it could come from, you At dickhead. least say sorry. Like, yeah. but, but it's it's that kind of... <laughs> all we want is a sorry, David, yeah, shiny face. <laughs> shiny baby face, David. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think it's extraordinary because I, I love the idea that, um, you know, when someone's... Have you, you've ever, have you ever done something and you think, God... I hope no one finds out about this. And then someone mentions something to you, and you're like, "Oh God, they they know, they know what I've, they, they know I've done something bad." Right. I like the idea of David Cameron watching Black Mirror Christmas special when the Prime Minister oh, is yeah. kidnapped, and yeah. they're going to make him have sex with a pig live on TV. Yeah. Now David Cameron must have watched that and thought, and squirmed, "Oh God, yeah, yeah. he knows. Yeah, he must know." That, but that was incredible. That wasn't it. The fact that. It, the <laughs> fact that when the news came out, you're like, that is, That's Charlie Brooke has written that. That's so, but I mean, it's happened with like the thick of it, the amount of things from the thick of it that now have kind of come into, or, or scenarios you think they could have written that. Or I always think like how the day-to-day is now, like every news station actually yeah. is, you know, it's so weird. It's very weird. But then I kind of like, that I've, got, I've got a friend who'll say, you know, I'll just put something out into the universe and expect it to happen, and it does. And I think... Maybe there's something in that because it seems to happen in every yeah. fucking show I watch. Yeah, well, we should write more harsh positive. like programs with more, yeah. Or, or yeah, more positive for the world, but then harsher things that happen to David Cameron. Yeah, that's what Let's we need. Put it yeah. out into the world. Yeah, that David Cameron has lots of. I mean, I just like, I don't want anything bad to happen to him. I just want him to stop pretending that he's leading the country. Yeah, I. I've... I don't know. I quite want something bad to happen. <laughs> I think he's gone past that now. I think. I because I, I, I was thinking, gosh, you know, he's, he's on a lot, of, a lot of pressure, and it can't be easy being prime minister. And he's making all these decisions. And his son, you know, he lost his disabled son. That must be awful. And then when he brought up in Parliament, going, I know that NHS, I value the NHS. They kept my son Ivan alive on the NHS. I was like, 
great. And now you're slashing it for everyone else. Yeah, and also... Job, also, like, yes, yeah, sympathy, he's lost a child, that's always sad. But to then use his dead child for political gains yeah. is one of the sickest, sickest, most horrible thing you could do. That's so nasty. And also... If I'd lost a baby, I wouldn't want to talk about it in front of people. That's One it, of the people yeah. I'd want to talk about it is the people that I love and have felt supported and safe. Not at work. Well, I, I'm really sure he's got like a clicker in his head where he goes, right, I'm not going to be emotional about that anymore. I could just use it to back all these cuts. You know, like it's yeah. just maybe, like maybe he's not cold robot. Human. No. Do you remember V? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe <laughs> he's yeah. one of those lizards. Well, that's what I, I talk uh, in. Uh, a, I hate doing a bit of material when not on stage, but but that kind of I talk about the fact that you know I always think that lizard conspiracy is ridiculous, but then they want to get rid of the Human Rights Act, and you think, but aren't you humans? And then they've got made landlords now don't have to make flats habitable for humans anymore. Um, was it? Yeah, for doesn't have to be. Um, Okay for human habitation. That's th- that used to be a minimum requirement. Why? That's scrapped. But yeah, again, you go, why? But is it habitable for lizards? I don't know. And is then it? they're getting rid of global uh, warming subsidies and, and climate change. You think, well, I suppose if the world gets warmer, that's good for lizards, <laughs> isn't it? So there's a kind of there's a series of evidence. They might be lizards. In, might just be giant lizards. I mean, George Osborne looks like a lizard. Yeah, he absolutely does. Yeah. I love that he's changed his name to George to make himself more approachable. It's ridiculous, isn't it? He's so cold and slimy. He's and, awful. Uh, and he just cut the, the juicy the living wage. He's yeah. Now, he's now just joined the Living Wage Foundation that nicked the name and knocked two Yeah, yeah, and it. it's not the Living Wage at all, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, um, I was discussing this again for my podcast. I got someone from the Living Wage Foundation on mm-hmm. to basically discuss how it is definitely not and how worse off it's going to, you know, it's really not going to help with the cost of living. Um, but I was asking them what they would call it because I because they want they said that what we should call it is the minimum wage because that's what it is. Yeah. I'd like to call it the barely living wage. Yeah. I think or something like or the undead wage, wage. Or something. Yeah, something like that. Make it a bit more fun. It's just awful that people work all their lives and can't do anything yeah. for their families. It's horrible. It's also self-esteem wise, like forgetting yeah. about the sort of actual practical living of feeding a family. But self-esteem wise. That must, and I just don't understand. Surely it's in your interest as a government to make sure that your workforce feel happy and feel that they're getting something. Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing I think. Like, if you look at, say, London, like, London's becoming more and more expensive to live in, mm-hmm. and, and rich and, you know, billionaires and millionaires are buying places in London, and people are being priced out. Mm-hmm. There's going to come a point where those millionaires don't have anyone to clean. Yeah. their homes or to serve them a coffee or yeah. like there's going to be a weird point isn't there where they've just got no one else around them and they're so incapable of doing anything for themselves they'll just be trapped at home like, i don't know i sort of think that's such a bad thing yeah because there was a whole block of flats built in elephant and castle yeah and i was reading about it because they um they were getting built and i was thinking i wonder who's i wonder when they're going to go on sale nothing was up on about it nothing about there was not for sale or what yeah. the development was apparently what they did was they went straight out to china and sold uh, the entire block to Chinese millionaire. Like they all bought their. So the big presentation wasn't in London; it was in China. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So you're like you're building it for not even millionaires that are here, but millionaires that are looking for a way in. Yeah, yeah. I I love the constant thing of oh, uh, you know, the, they constantly use like communism or left wing as an <laughs> insult, and then they're allied with China all the time <laughs> and, and they want us to be more bizarre. like China and you go you and can't then, have like, one or the other and like. you sell the steel companies to yeah. a foreign company a foreign country yeah. and then 
are upset when they can close the steel companies with no remorse or no thought because of course it's not affecting any of their workforce no not at all not at all no and, it and just doesn't make sense no uh, and there's so there's so much I mean, I mean this is the only thing is the more that I look into it the more sad I feel about everything because yeah. you I don't want to make you feel sad no, I think no, it's it, interesting. I think it's important to sort of stamp your feet and talk about it. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing is, I think, and also I think we've we can because we're on stage. Yeah. We've got a captive audience, so we can say to them. I mean, it's things like the other day I read about um, the lobbying bill, uh-huh. and the lobbying bill is where the government's stopping all NGOs that are funded by the government from speaking out against the government. <laughs> so if you're a charity, so you're funded by state. absolutely, yeah. But in the NGOs, not only is it charities who might speak out, but it's scientists. So any scientist that suddenly go, this energy policy is going to be worse for climate change suddenly won't be able to speak out against it and i didn't even know that was it passes may the first so they're trying to get a a reversal but i didn't even know about that and i sort of thought if i can find a way to talk about this on state at least just let people know this is happening but then i'm not sure people care that i'm like i explained exactly what was happening to the nhs Mm. and people were just sort of my god that's awful because it's overwhelming, isn't it? Do you know, I, mean, like, I think a lot of people go, what can I do about a, it? A, a comedian friend of ours, Katie Wilkins, you know, mm. Katie, yeah, I know Katie, came to my yeah. show and she went, Wendy, is this true? It just feels like some kind of dystopian nightmare. And I was like, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good luck. Sorry, Bye. it is. <laughs> but there's better places in the country to get cancer than other places because we've got all the NHS trusts. So yeah. if you make sure that you, your, your geography is good for your illness, you should be fine. Yeah. And what's really bizarre is that you've got people that have got, like, government minister, former government um, ministers that have gone, like, Patricia Hewitt was in the Department of Health for Labour. Yeah. She's now on the board of BUPA. Yeah. So she's taken all that information that she knows, and she's now one of those non-executive directors getting probably 200 grand a year. And Uh, life insurance, like, critical illness cover... Have you? Ever, I mean, have you got private health care? No, I haven't. No, God, God, no, of course not. I'm a comedian. I don't, you can get stuff on equity that's like worth right. pursuing. Um, sorry, this is financial. This is Wendy Wason's financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Wason's financial um, <laughs> words of wisdom. I think it's impressive. Yeah. Um, she, she, um, what was I talking about? Patricia, Patricia Hewitt, the, the department. Oh, yeah. uh, and Bupa. And all like, they were. Somebody was like, in my show, and he said, I work for Bupa. And I said, oh, just out of interest, what's going on with um, critical illness cover? And he went, ha, ha, ha. And that's going to, what? And he went, yeah, the, the premiums for that are through the roof. So, oh, my God. Because you're going to need it. Oh, it's so You're scary, not going to be covered it? on the NHS. You're going to have to have critical illness cover, and it's going to cost you 50 quid a month for a cover of 20 grand. Because, you know what I mean? Whereas you can be, your life can yeah. be insured for 350 grand for... 40 quid a month because yeah. you know that the payout and that might not uh it's sorry because because I'm, well, I'm diabetic and so i always have this fear of like if it goes completely private everywhere i'm just going to be broke because i'm going to have to i need insulin all You're the time not, yeah you know and I, I had to buy um blood test strips because i obviously get it all on uh, nhs at the moment and uh, i've got a diabetic pump which is really expensive and i constantly have to diabetic pump sounds yeah. vaguely sexual it does yeah i got a diabetic <laughs> pump <laughs> Uh-huh. Is that just me? I think I've got my sick head on. <laughs> <I think> it's, <laughs> it's, it's the word pump, though. The word pump Maybe always sounds sexual. Pump. But when know. you add diabetic to it, I don't know what that would mean in that it means that I... You know, it's a pump that makes your sugars low. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing. Know. You know what I mean? You sexy sugarless pump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's clean eating for you there. Yeah, right? I'm going to send you into a hypoglycemic coma. <laughs> Boom. Whoa. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not a good thing. Um, but yeah, so, so I, have to, I had to buy some supplies recently because... Um, 
Actually, no, in fact, I was in Ireland and I ran out of uh, supplies while I was there. And uh, and like a box of, say, these cannulas that I have to have for the pump, mm-hmm. I get them for free here. And over there it was 180 euros <sighs> for one box of 10. And I go through 10 in maybe two weeks. So, I mean, yeah, sorry, everyone. I'm destroying the NHS single-handedly. <laughs> but but also, I just sort of thought, if I had to start paying for this... The, the, the um, pharmaceutical companies, that's what um, T-Tip's about. You know T-Tip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. basically... Um, in the States, my son, we were out there for three months when my husband nearly died. Uh, and then what was really awful about it, I can't believe I laughed when I said yeah. my husband nearly died. My, <laughs> Look, my, in well, my show, my joke used to be, I appreciate this show would have a much better ending if he'd actually died. Right. But, you know, that's men nice. can be so selfish. <laughs> Edinburgh. That's what Bloody Edinburgh does to yeah. people. <laughs> Tragedy. Oh, that'll do. That'll Brilliant do. for a show. I an hour out of that. Yeah. But mind you, Adele's got like four albums out of her it's split. I've only got two Edinburgh shows out of my misery. Yeah. Yeah, you're not trying I'm hard not enough. Really tried hard enough. No. I'm not really wallowed in my misery <laughs> enough. Um, so, yeah, in America, Max, my middle boy, who I've already mentioned, had a, got a Veruca. And I went to the sort of foot doctor. There's a foot doctor in L.A. Wow. And he looked at it and he said, no problem, ma'am, I'll just write you a prescription. That's my American accent. Are you impressed? That was good. I was very impressed. Um, yeah. So he wrote me a prescription and I went to uh, Dwayne Reed to get it. And I, she said, Are you, have you got health insurance? Have you got insurance, ma'am? Now, I didn't know at that state what my health insurance was because I knew that I was covered for my husband's uh, illness and I was so worried about his I didn't want to start asking for a foot cream yeah. as well so I was like look do you know what it's a foot cream I'll just pay for it and she said that'll be $495 now <gasps> for a foot cream for a fucking Veruca that you could get in boots for probably about six quid yeah that's disgusting. But then, they, that, so that's what the tra- uh, Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership yeah. means, that pharmaceutical companies can set the price of their medicines, mm. and you have to pay that. And what they want to, what that's is, just yeah. what it is. So even if it does cost £5 to produce, they can charge £495. Yeah. Well, it, but that's, it, the, the policy is, because part of that policy as well, it's always got to be in the interest of the company, hasn't it? And mm. in the interest of business. Like, um, there's things in the States where William Morris have sued South American countries because they haven't, uh, they've tried to ban smoking in certain areas. And they've rendered those countries, like, bankrupt because they've not promoted cigarettes enough. And TTIP <laughs> would do the same over here. Yeah. You could just, if a, if a company goes, you're not promoting this enough, they can sue the country. They can sue the, well, what they can do as well, if, if any future government tries to renationalise the NHS, so your £100 vials suddenly become free again, hmm. they can sue the country for loss of future earnings. Yeah, yeah, which would render, just completely ruin it. So no government could possibly no. renationalise that. It's, it's terrifying. It's so scary. But then, yeah, because I... I uh in fact, how do you feel about the EU? Are you voting in or out? Or do you know what you're... I'm voting in. Yeah. I want to stay in the EU. I think yeah. we get quite a lot. I mean, apart from the fact that we have the longest queue at passport control in any country, it's yeah. ridiculous. So we yeah. get penalised for being part of the EU coming yeah. back into the country. <laughs> but I say that as someone who has to travel with three birth certificates, two wedding certificates and a degree in eyesight to prove right. that my children actually are my children. Right, sure. Because we, like, I forgot, I put my, put all the birth certificates because with kids I've got different names and I've got... yeah. Three kids with two, di- like, two kids have got one surname. Oh, and gosh, th- my right. third child's got another surname, and neither of them are my surnames. So um, going through <laughs> going through passport control, oh, I always, like you're trafficking I always feel yeah. the wave <laughs> of judgment about my loose past. And um, 
and I've put them in my suitcase rather than, rather than in my hand luggage when I came back from France. Right. You mean Christmas. the stuff not your kids? The, yeah. yeah okay, good. <laughs> um, I was going to yeah, say, that I would look really extra suspicious. I for the hold yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Save my, for my ticket flight. Um, but so I'm coming back through and I said, oh God, I've, I've, I forgot the, the birth certificates. And the guy at passport control, quite a young boy, looked at me and said, so what proof have I got that these are your children? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, in France, what they do is they ask the kids so that they're not under pressure. So I said, Max, would you like to explain to the gentleman who I am to you? And Max really eloquently and beautifully said, Mommy used to be married to my daddy, so my surname is first, and now she's married to Riley's daddy, who, so his surname's Hagen. And I was like, beautiful. I said, there you go. And the guy went, he might have been groomed. And I could oh, just gosh. hear Maxie going, what does groomed mean? Oh, no. So he's now taught my son the word groomed. Because it's a scary world out there anyway without learning the word groomed on the way oh through passport gosh. control. And I felt really teary and shaking because you do try and protect your kids. Yeah. But I was like, <laughs> well, many thanks, sir. And then Stephen said, my husband said, so what do I do if I'm traveling with them on my own? Oh, yeah. And he said, you need a letter from her. And Stephen's like, but her word isn't any good. <laughs> yeah. So you <you're> <laughs> But of course, oh, if my, my ex-husband wanted to abduct my children, he'd be fine. Because yeah. they've got matching names. Right, but only, yeah, you can only take two of them. Yeah. Yeah. So the third one, look at you. Yeah. You've got three kids, Wendy. <laughs> What's the loss of two? That's what I'm just saying, you yeah. know. It's God, first just, world problems, yeah, Wendy. There's one left. Is that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a bizarre society we live in as well. That is, uh, that's terrifying. Sorry, that went from a conversation about the EU to me not being able well, to get through passport control. No, it's, to be fair, I wasn't going to, all I was going to say with the EU, because part of the only, I'm, I'm going to vote in, but part of my reason of thinking, oh, maybe I'll vote out is because of the T TTIP. Because mm. I thought, well, if we leave, then we can't be part of that. But then apparently we might still get that anyway, because Cameron loves it. So you sort of go, oh, it doesn't really make it. None of this makes any difference. We should go live in Iceland. But I think that's, <laughs> that's what I'm starting to at think. At least the Icelandic prime minister had the decency to resign. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Like, my God, David. And like, but the thing is, if you're that privileged, I mean, I always think you can tell the sort of strata society of a person that will dick around with a pig, if you will. Because <laughs> it's going to be a poor farm boy or a very rich boy. The, the normal people in the middle can't afford to do that. We're not yeah. going to have a full pig anywhere, are we? No, 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 that's true. And It'd certainly be, um, not with a close enough group that of friends. farming that college, Harper Adams Farming <laughs> College and, uh, and Eater Boys. I think that's yeah, it, Yeah, that's it? it. That is the yeah. two levels of society. Yeah, that would like, and I wouldn't want to do a gig to either <laughs> of them. That's, that's They're really like not my demographic. <laughs> what? With, oh, David Cameron, I'm angry me so much last week because I have have a proper intellectual crush on Justin Trudeau. Um, oh, he's Trudeau, amazing. Isn't he? Justin Trudeau's amazing. He's just amazing. And he's getting everything. Like, he speaks sense and he seems decent and he loves his wife and family. And I just think, oh my God, you're. He's yeah, got amazing. everything, though, because he's also a very good-looking man. He's very good-looking, but he's I tell got you all what, that kind of the amazing thing about him is he's good-looking, but the good looks are just a little side order. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? He's basically a superhero. That's what I think. I want yeah. to sit down with his mum and go, how did you get it so right? <laughs> what do I have to do <laughs> when I'm bringing up my sons to get one like that? Yeah. But um, David Cameron was on the... the House of Commons the other day there, and he said, we promised we'd have more women in the cabinet, and we have delivered. I'm like, you're not, we're not fucking charity. Yeah. This is 2016. It's become like a panel show. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> we've got we to have said one. We're going to have some we're women We're going to have on. one a week. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have women on, and we've got three women, so <laughs> shut up and stop whining. And you're like, mate, this is 51% yeah. of the population. It's not like there's, there's just a few of us. Yeah. It's crazy, and Justin Trudeau it? gets asked why he's got a gender balanced 
uh, cabinet. And he says, because it's 2016. Yeah. He's brilliant. <laughs> He's absolutely brilliant. But you can tell it's unusual because whenever he opens his mouth and says something decent, Twitter explodes. Yeah, because we can't believe there's a politician out there. Well, I think especially when you... I mean, uh, I don't know if you can equate Canada to America at all, but look, the two the two kind of North America countries that we're looking at, we've, they've just had Trudeau in Canada and we're looking at the US election <laughs> with oh Trump God. and probably Clinton. You know, I mean, Lee Sanders is, is interesting. I but like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I like Bernie Sanders I kind of feel like if you're... A rich Democrat, uh, r- rich Democrat, you're voting for Hillary. And yeah. if you're a poor Democrat, you're voting for Bernie. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But that means it'll be Hillary, doesn't it? Yeah. That's exactly how it money works. talks. Because she's got all the... And, and I'm not even going to pretend to... Do you understand the American voting system? That's something that I'm, I struggle with. It's weird. I've, I do yeah. have... I have watched them and I kind of feel like... It's like American football. I kind of think, oh, yeah, I get the... Oh, what was that? That's how yeah. I watch American football. I know what's happening here. Oh, yeah, I well, cause I, I sort of tried to learn about caucuses, and then I realised there's primaries as well, and then there's having delegates and super delegates, and it seems so complicated. Well, you know, there's the House, the, the Senate, and, and there's, there's the Congress. Senate and Congress, yeah. and then there's also which the, kind of um, works like our House of Lords and our House of Parliament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a really simple thing to get your head. Yeah, in. but then there's it's also the judges, the, aren't there? Oh, the um, the Supreme the Court. Supreme Court. Yeah. So I don't. Really, what I don't <laughs> know, but what I don't understand is how you pass a law in the states, because that seems to be the hardest thing. Have you watched? I must recommend you watch Inside Obama's White House. Have you watched it? Uh, no, I've, I've seen. Well, I've seen the odd clip of it, but yeah, I, I've heard it's really, really it's good. It's extraordinary, and you look at him and a very thoughtful, intelligent, considerate gentleman who's a lawyer. He's not, you know, he's not an idiot. And then you look at Trump, just waffling hot air and racism yeah. and sexism and. And last night he can and bullying. The thing on Twitter today is he confused nine eleven with seven eleven. He paid tribute to the heroes <laughs> of seven eleven, and. Again, you just sort of go, you can't be... A, you're, how are you a real person? It's so awful, it's funny. I don't want yeah. to laugh. So but that's it, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. But, oh but, that's, but how, how are we in a world where he's genuinely, he genuinely could be president? You know, I don't think he will be, but I think, you know, the, the possibility is... I don't think that he's not going to get... He can't. Yeah. He can't get in. I mean, my, do- my daughter, who's 14, said to me, um, Mommy, can you imagine if Daddy said I was attractive? I'd want to vomit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. That's so creepy, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah, imagine you were pregnant with with his grandchild and he said you're attractive, Bella. But I was like, that's just disgusting. Oh, God. He's such a horrible man. He's a vile man. He's really vile. <laughs> but I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, actually. I don't so, we're going to have I've, Boris I've Johnson and they're going to have um, Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Jesus. What about the mayoral elections? Who are you voting for? Um, I'm going to vote for Sadiq Khan, but I don't really want. Him, you don't want him. I just don't want Zach Goldsmith more. You really don't want Zach Goldsmith. Why I really not? don't want Zach Goldsmith because, um, well, partly I think his campaign against Sadiq's horrible. It's all about how Sadiq has connections with extremists and how, uh, because he's Muslim, then he, you know, he might have problems with. We might have terror issues. He's basically, it's a total smear campaign against him, mm-hmm. um, and also it's it's bullshit because like. Some of the extremists he's saying Sadiq Khan has connections with. Zach Goldsmith's got pictures, had pictures taken with him because they're just leaders of communities, and um, and so it's, it's total load of nonsense. But also, I think Zach Goldsmith's got that whole kind of—is um, it the Khan family? He's got a lot of very rich connections. Well, he's, uh, yeah, he's yeah. a goldsmith, isn't he's he? He's a goldsmith, absolutely. He's hugely wealthy, and I just don't think we need another one of those in. Like, I mean, 
if you think about what what Boris Johnson's done in the last few years, like there's something 130 more skyscrapers still to be built that he just signed off planning permission for. Um, you know, he's made uh, he's done nothing to stop housing costs rising. He's done he's done very little for London. A lot of his really good things were set in place before he came in. So like Boris bikes were a Ken Livingstone idea. Yeah. The Olympics, Ken Livingstone put into place. Do you hear you know, that um, he, wrote, he just announced that the tube drivers were going to be running through the night without actually checking with TfL? Uh, he's so the, the tube drivers were like, what? And that's what the, their strikes were about, because they were saying we could... He's not even conferred. But he was the one that also said we didn't need staff at tube offices anymore and closed them down. He um, he closed... He's got rid of over 50 firemen's jobs and closed 10 Did fire stations in the centre of London. Ad- advisors that they listened to? Well, this is it. Well, the, his, his, so the, when he closed the fire stations, his thing was, oh, well, there's not as much fire now as there was in the 1990s. <laughs> and you go... <laughs> You can't do supply and demand on fire, mate. And and there's a reason. Like, there's a reason there's not much fire. It's because fire teams are really efficient. Out. <laughs> yeah. And he kept saying, oh, it wouldn't affect the response time. And it has. Of course it has. It's totally affected it. And, and he's just... Oh and there's a really dodgy story um, from a, a three or four years ago, I think it was. He was given £5 million just to tackle homelessness with. And there's no record of where it's gone. And he's been asked it several times by journalists. Like, if you Google it, look it up. Yeah. Um, Journalists have asked him, like, what? And he just ignores the question. And we don't know where that money's gone. And it's never gone towards homelessness in London. Isn't that suspicious? Well, He's what, just a dodgy, dodgy man. Oh, no, but then, I mean, um, did, did you see the David Cameron when he was interviewed about um, tax? And he said, well, you know, obviously I can't say where all the money came from. Yeah. But that, that's what you that's ask what you the need rest to do, yeah. of the country to do yeah. every year. Well, then taxes. they all publish tax returns that weren't itemised and wouldn't show avoided tax because it wouldn't be on your tax return anyway. It's all, po- it's all pointless. You know, <laughs> it's just nonsense. And then they it? mocked Jeremy Corbyn for, spent, for paying too much tax. Yeah, paying too much and handing it in late as well, which I think makes him far more human. So do I. If anyone else had to do their self-employed tax, or it wouldn't be self-employed, oh. I suppose, would it? But I hate that. I always have to. I hate it so much. Yeah, but I I was thinking, in fact, this year I might do a support group and we all start doing our taxes now. That's a good idea, you know. And that's, have a, a that's a really good idea. We just bring, uh, well, eat pizzas and drink wine and sort out our receipts and do Can we then claim those pizzas and wine on expenses? Yes, we can. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. But then, you know, but then that's, that's us, tax avoidance, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. But, but, well, no, it, it would be if we did that. But I think, like... Yeah, I suppose it's hard, isn't it? You sort of try and justify how it works for you, doesn't it? But, but I do think we're earning a lot less than yeah. they are. I think and that, that the, the more money you earn, the more money you should be taxed. You should tax be paying. Should oh, well, paying. that's it. I, mean, I, try I think a percentage, because yeah. like, I know that like, it goes above 40%. Uh, if you earn a certain amount, if it goes above 40 grand, your earnings, then you're in yeah. jump a tax bracket. Yeah. But I think that's right. Yeah, absolutely. When, yeah, what, I think, what I think is really, really wrong, and it's bizarre, and, and, and I'm sure David Cameron would agree with me on this one, is the inheritance tax thing. Yeah. Because I'm assuming that money's been taxed. So if I earn money, and I put money in my bank account for, uh, to save up for the children for after I'm gone, yeah, I pay tax on that money, yeah, and then I die, and I pay tax on that money again. Yeah. That doesn't but, seem fair. No, I I agree with you on that. I think what's happened though is now the limits at like a million pounds, isn't it? So it's only inheritance taxing incredibly. It's only going to affect a handful of people. Am I going to be? <laughs> don't worry, Wendy. You don't earn enough. Yeah, to don't <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't saying that. You Thanks for breaking that. This living room is very nice. It might well affect you. Um, but I think that it's not a tax that affects many people. But it is. Um, it's but it is taxed. Tax you tax twice on the same money, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that is do, weird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm not sure that's in charge. I, th- I think it's unfair that like Vodafone and who else, and Amazon aren't paying taxes. Yeah, and, and Starbucks and Google and, and, and YouTube. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots, lots, lots of them. Lots. But I mean, why can't you just make them all pay their taxes and then? put the yeah. money into the... I don't know if I've got a really simplistic view of it. Because no. then, like, the argument is that they move their business elsewhere and we'd suffer. But if they're not paying any taxes anyway, we're not benefiting from them being here. Then they're hugely suffering, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think you've got a simplistic view. All right, I okay. Think um, have I missed I mean, a sort of glaringly obvious trick here? No, no, no. That's what they're kind of building our our country on now, is is, is making it good for companies so that they'll, they'll come here. Uh, because it's 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 viable tax wise, you know. If you look at, for example, like when Ireland went uh, at the crash of the Celtic Tiger, then suddenly loads of film companies and loads of other businesses yeah. moved in there, like um, like Facebook and like Amazon and stuff, because they could get huge tax breaks. So it did generate work and business, oh, but right. then it's work where people are getting zero hours contracts, and the companies aren't paying enough tax. I just back, don't so understand why you wouldn't want to look after the well-being of your employees i want to open a business i want to have a business one like if my edinburgh show doesn't go well this year right i might just sack it all in and open up kind like, of that attitude Wendy. you've already got to be like it's going to get 12 awards it's going to be amazing but if it doesn't but then part of me is thinking if i think oh cool if it doesn't go so well i can do something i really <laughs> i really i really want to do because i love doing stand-up i don't like the travel i don't like yeah, no, me feeding the kids and bathing them all and just when they're smelling nice and being all well behaved snuggled up on the sofa i have to go right that's mommy off to work uh. it just kills me I think that's that. Isn't that the hardest thing? Though I've, I've only started to feel this lately. So I used to really like zapping up and down the country, and now this part of me going, I can have an evening at home. Yeah, It'd I love. So nice. I've worked so hard to have a nice house all my life, and I've yeah. made one, and now I'm never fucking in it. <laughs> so that's so yeah. I had this little yeah. sort of dream, like you know how some people want to retire to a Caribbean island, or they want to open a hotel, or I don't know, yeah. whatever people's little dreams are. I like the idea of. Um, a sort of cafe and, uh, I guess, wellness place where you eat healthily, but it's like healthy junk food. Oh, so right, okay. like, a, like a sort of greasy hot dog, but everything in it is really good for you. And there's no gluten and there's yeah. no, like, you know, pig's feet or whatever it is that right. gets chucked in. It's all healthy and organic. And because I think I totally believe if you change your diet, it has an impact on your, your well-being yeah. and, your, and your mood. Yeah, and uh, sort of like if you if a glass of wine makes you feel nice, have a glass of wine, and it's just a nice vibe, and you can sit and work in there, and get some nice food and nice healthy stuff, but also um, have fun. Yeah, I like one. I like one of them to be open. I, I I really thought you were going to say how some people want to go to the Caribbean, blah blah. I thought you were going to say your dream is just to be at home for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to do that. I remember someone explained the concept of second life to me, and I was kind of like. Oh my god! People want to have another yeah. life. How I'd like create second once, life yeah. and just lie down in a dark room the whole time. It <laughs> because you, you saw how it? you saw how hectic my house is when you came in, and there was yeah. people screaming and four-year-olds asking to go on. What was he asking to go on a water slide or something? Yeah, he wanted to do the lawn mower, lawn mowing at the at the park. Yeah, so I'm sure the council would let him. Do, I mean, <laughs> considering all the cuts, they're probably up for volunteers. That's to do that. one cut too far, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I just like that idea of like sort of health, like healthy, because I'm talking about like nutrition in my show. I'm quite interested right. in that. And I was thinking, because people think it's quack, you know, people are like, mm, it's, it's rubbish. But I do believe that what you put in, in your stomach has a yeah. massive impact on you. And I was watching, this, I was walking, I was in the 
petrol station today and I was thinking, I was putting petrol in the car, which I really resent how expensive that is, but that's another thing. Um, and there was a guy that came out and he was filling up his car and he paid, he paid, he filled up his car, he'd gone to the shop and he was paying, he was coming out and he was huge, he was huge. And he was drinking a, a can of diet of, of full fat cola, right. but he was putting premium petrol into his car. Right. And I was like, so you understand the importance of putting a high quality petrol in your car to make sure the yeah. engine's running smoothly, and yet you'll drink 142 chemicals. But maybe in his head, in a drink. full fat is premium cola. Maybe that's what he thought. But you know, well, then, then yeah. that, <laughs> that needs to be addressed because yeah, it's just cheesy. poison. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 definitely. No, I, I, I agree. I think um, uh, it's something, again, I suppose, as you get older, you notice it more as well, don't you? That I, I need to eat better now all yeah. the time. But then that doesn't work with comedy. Comedy's so hard. If you if you are driving around, travelling around, I still find I still find trying to eat well is difficult. Well, you can take vegetables with you. And you get yeah, people say that, but then you've got to have vegetables at home, and you got you know. Uh, There's twenty-four supermarkets up and down the country. Yeah, these are all required planning. You have to, you have to think in advance, obviously. Yeah, I don't. There's, don't think there's stuff advance. I've got. I've got stuff on. It's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? It depends what you prioritise. Yeah, that is true. I obviously don't prioritise that. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> what do you think of the government's sugar tax? Um, I think it is hugely patronising. Well, I think it's really patronising, but I also think it's... Well, no, I think companies should have to pay it. I don't right. think people should right, have to okay. pay it. I think, I think the fact is, the big problem is, is that too much sugar's been put in food in first place that shouldn't be there. Yeah, don't charge stuff. people more to buy it. Just stop them doing it. In the first place. So the, the, maybe the premium cola thing, you'd educate him. What, what would you do about the premium cola guy? Premium cola should just either not exist. <laughs> like, but, that's, but that's the problem, isn't it? It's, it's sort of going, look, you, can't have, you, know, you shouldn't be able to afford to buy sugary food anymore. And that's not the... It, healthy food is so expensive. Uh, that's what we need to reverse, you know. It's, it's the same as... But you were saying, like, you're, you're angry with how much fuel costs. But really... And, and I am. I drive all the time, you know, but... But fuel, oil is damaging the planet. Like, yeah. all, the, all the fossil fuels are damaging the planet, but they're not making renewable energy cheap. What everyone should be doing is going, what, this is what's best for you, it's healthy food, let's make it cheap so everyone can have it. This is what's best for the planet, renewable energies, let's make that cheap so you can have a, so, you know, an electric yeah. car cheaper. But then that goes than... against the whole ethos of everything being a consumer. Absolutely, of course yeah. it does. Yeah, of course it does. Because but it goes, but it also is like more addictive than heroin, Yeah, they reckon. Yeah, I can so, believe that. So that um, I mean, I say that as a, I've got exp- I have got experience of heroin. Well, my, <laughs> a bloody love of chocolate. <laughs> so. Well, it looked quite addictive and transporting. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, they had a great time. <laughs> um, but my daughter um, decided to go sugar-free for the month of February and made it two weeks. And do you know what she couldn't... She really, really missed? What? Ketchup. Really? Ketchup was the one thing she couldn't live without. Oh, my God. Because it's full... Is it full of sugar? Must be chock full of sugar, yeah. I'm I was really surprised. Yeah. God, so I, I am... So, again, go back to diabetic pump, but, like, so I've got better blood sugar monitoring now. Uh-huh. And since I've got that with this pump... Um, I'm shocked at how many things knock my sugars up that I didn't think did mm. or had more in it than before. I mean, simple things like, say... Um, bread get got really... a lot of sugar in it, hasn't it? Yeah, but the weird thing is, right, say if you make a sandwich at home, your bread might be 10 grams of carbohydrate each, maybe a little bit over. So you might have, say, 20, 25 grams of carbohydrate for a sandwich, yeah. depending on what you put in it. If you have one at, say, Pret, that sandwich is 45 to 50 grams. And you go, I don't know what you've put... And it doesn't matter what it is, even if it's like an egg mayo one or a salad mm-hmm. one or whatever, it's still about that much. So they're bread. just filling it with crap. 
I bet it's sugar so that you come back to Pret and go, that sandwich was really nice. Must be, yeah. Uh, I, the rise in brioche buns in restaurants shocks me. Because that's really? just sugar and butter and a... You know yeah. the sort of brioche thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know them well. <laughs> They're delicious. I am a fan. But there's yeah. a reason why. Um, what was I going to ask you? Uh, so are your parents political? Yeah, yeah. Well, they've always been political. My, um, yeah, my, my, dad, my dad sent me a thing the other day. It was... Uh, was it from the 70s? And I think it was some sort of police like, file that's now been released about people to watch because they're on protests or, you know, particular trouble causes oh, really? And his name was listed twice, <laughs> which I thought was incredible. Wow. Um, so, yeah, they've always, they, you know, they, um, they're proper, they were proper hippies in the 70s and sort of hitchhiked around America and lived in communes and then oh, wow. came back here and opened up a... Uh, a sort of left-wing bookshop, and uh, my mum started my wellness uh, cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should talk to them. Um, but as my mum started like a women's lib group in in Luton, and they've always been really, and you know, always been on protests and always been um, doing stuff like that. And they they both then went to become child protection social workers, and they oh, both. Right. Now, like, they're both working on the child abuse inquiry and all that sort of stuff. Is they, that still continue. ongoing? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Is that the Dolphin Square one? Uh, that and other... It's, it's the big... It's, it's the, over, the overarching one that is looking at everything. Oh, really? Um, Are you getting anxious that you're saying things you shouldn't be saying? Well, no, I don't think I'm saying anything I shouldn't be saying, but... Because that's the most uh, interesting for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's more... Well, to be fair, I... Well, A... I try not. To, there's some stuff they tell me. I'm like, I don't ever want to know that. And other stuff they tell me that I goes over my head because it's all right. to do with, uh, you know, procedures and, and rights and things. But, um, but yeah, they're not doing enough. They're not focusing on. My parents are very angry. They're not really focusing on the survivors and their stories. Right. Um, enough, uh, and they seem to be kind of focusing on. Um, what were they saying? This is where I'm going to get it wrong. This is see where I don't know enough about anything. I can kind of go, <laughs> yeah, this is happening. Tell me more. No, I haven't got a clue. Um, okay, are, you, are both your parents Irish? No, 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 no. Why? I, th- I thought Tiernan Dueb was Irish. No, that's uh, hippie parents. Um, Dueb is uh, my granddad was French. All right. Um, but we think why his ancestors were Algerian. Think Irish. I don't know. Did loads. you say that in your set? No, ever? no, oh, no, wow. never. But loads of me. I've been booked for like St Patrick's Night, thinking I'm Irish and stuff like that by accident. It's because Tiernan's an Irish surname. All right. But he come, they got it from a... There's a Welsh legend in the Mabinogen about Tiernan of Cluid who cut a monster's hand off. Like, his monster kept putting his hand down chimneys, snatching babies. So Tiernan of Cluid made a straw baby. Monster put his hand down. He cut it off, became Lord Tiernan of Cluid, which All is right. an awesome so story. You're a baby protector. Apparently, yeah, that's... <laughs> legend. That's it, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, funny. So, so where yeah. are, your, are your folks from Luton then? No, um, the from, well, from London, really. I'm two generations London, really. Okay. But yeah. There's not many of us around. There's not? Yeah. And so they're they're investigating all the child... Um, they're working on it and, and with uh, survivors groups and things to do with it. But my mum lectures in Child Abuse now. Um, she's a lecturer and writes books about it. And my dad uh, does similar things Oh, well, my so. God. Yeah, so... She lectures in child abuse. Lectures about it, yeah. My God, that's going to be a lecture that's light on lols, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, it's all, about, it's all about child protection and safety procedure. And also, you know, um, I mean, the, the thing is, I've grown up with this, and I think that's why I went into comedy, and my brother, my brother's like a music DJ and producer, because we just both went, fuck that. <laughs> when we never want to do anything <laughs> that heavy. Really like, just that's really terrifying. My you gosh, know, that's really worthy luck. That's really worthy luck, worthy work. Oh, yeah, hugely. No, I, I think they're amazing. And um, some of the stuff uh, they've done over the years is incredible and, and kids that they've saved. And But, 
yeah, I could never, I think it... But know, in many ways, like, you're doing Comedy Club for kids. That's a kind of therapy for children. Yeah, it's a bit different, isn't though, isn't it? I mean... It's giving kids a voice. They don't have a voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, the ones that we let perform have a voice. There are other ones who go, you're, you aren't going on stage. Oh, today. really? <laughs> no, not many. No, to be fair, when they do the workshops regularly, we let quite a lot of them perform. I've not done comedy clubs since I, for kids since I was no, really a hangover. I did, I did one with a hangover, and it was just the most appalling day of my life. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd get halfway through a sentence and realise that the, the punchline ended in cunt or something like that, and I was like, yeah. I can't do that. A lot of people do that. Really? There was um, a nice one recently. We, we haven't had anyone swear on stage for a long time, mm -hmm. but Ian Sterling swore on stage a few months ago. And He's he didn't notice. He's a kids' TV presenter. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't realise that he swore. I think he said something like, that was fucking great, and then carried on. And the audience noticed, and he got so embarrassed, he called his mum on stage, and she told him off. <laughs> he put her funny. on speak mode, she told him off and made him apologise to everyone. That's and we didn't get a single complaint, because I think that was like, everyone went, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Which is hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. It's really nice. What did, how did he set that with his mum? Just phoned up and said, I've just sworn in front of the Yeah, children. he said, mum, I'm on stage, and uh, and I've just accidentally sworn at a children's gig. And she, uh, he put her on speak mode, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Are there any young com... Um, Young, hilarious comics coming through that we should be watching out for? There's, lo uh, there's loads. Um, What's the average age of the, the comedy club for kids? Uh, we say it's like seven, eight onwards, but I think the, the ones that are good are about 10 or 11. Right. You know, um, there's, there's a girl called Grace who did Edinburgh last year. She's now 13. She used to call herself Grace the Child. Uh -huh. Now she's Grace the Former Child. And um, um, she's, really, she? uh, she's really dark. But, I'm sorry, I've got a horrible cough. <coughs> that's good. That's good for your edit. Um, I'm not editing no. it. I just let it. No, run. I know. That's why. I'm, that's exactly <laughs> why I said it. Um, I uh, yeah. So Grace, Grace did like four or five days in Edinburgh of her own show. She got in the Telegraph top ten jokes of the Fringe. She really? got a Guardian G two piece all about her. Wow. And everyone went nuts for it. And, and she, I mean, she's good. She's really dark. Is she? Um, yeah. She doesn't perform for kids. She does stuff for adults. You know. And how old um, did she say? Thirteen now. 13. Yeah. Yeah, she's doing Edinburgh again this year. My yeah. two wanted to do a week run in Edinburgh this year. Really? They wanted to do a show called YouTube, A Guide for Confused Parents. That's amazing. And just do all the YouTubers that they're obsessed with. And I was kind of like, and I, at first I said, yeah, they got offered like 11 o'clock in the Guild's Balloon for the last week of the festival. That's amazing. But then I thought, if they're up there, I'll be... F when, when you are a mummy, you do worry more about them than you worry about yourself. Of course, and I thought, yeah. I want my head to be in my show and sure. not, do you know what I mean yeah 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 um, but you know maybe that can be one for a later date they were like but you know they were, all, they were quite excited about just it's a great idea for a show YouTubers yeah because you know they're, they're so savvy as well and I'm like because Max has got a YouTube channel and he said to me um, I was like baby you got to make sure your your um, your videos are interesting because you know you can't just put any other stuff up there and he went oh, they don't have to be interesting mum YouTube just wants content wow <laughs> Wow, oh, okay. that is amazing! <laughs> I should talk to him about. I'm, I, I've, yeah, I wonder if he'd, he'd have any clues as to how to. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he had plenty of advice. <laughs> I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. He's got lots of ideas. He wants me to do because um, I do a lot of cooking. He thinks I should be doing uh, a comedy and cooking show. Yeah, on YouTube. And Brilliant just chat, idea. Chat to people. Maybe I should just do healthy snacks you can take on the road. Yeah, a guide, a, com a guide for comedians. <laughs> That's great because well, like George Egg did that, didn't he? Did you see that the George Egg did a show at the Golden Balloon last year called Anarchist? Uh, is it Anarchist Cook or whatever? But he 
started a YouTube thing where he'd tell you how to be able to cook proper food in hotel rooms. So he'd like make oh, pancakes right. using irons and a trouser press and, you know, and uh, he worked out how to make proper gourmet meals using things in a hotel room. And he's oh, now really? got it as a live show and he's being booked for like cooking festivals around the world. That's hilarious. How do you make pancakes in a trouser press? I don't know. This is what he, d- I have and got what a What does it do to the trousers yeah, afterwards? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's pancakes. He definitely does something with a trouser press. <laughs> That isn't pressing trousers, I should say, yeah. Um, wow. But um, I think that's our time done. We have to, it feels like it's just zipped by. Yeah, it's great. But I, I like that I didn't necessarily speak a lot about any one thing. Did you notice that? See, Master you of all trades. We spoke a lot about, about politics. No, I sp- yeah, I suppose we did, yeah. We did. Well, we did, though. We did. I think I, I will share my... You, you did some of the words of wisdom. That's very good. <laughs> um, what are you plugging? You've got your um, show available for download in May, and that is called... It's called The World's Full of Idiots, Let's Live in Space. Great. I will be tweeting about it so often it will upset everyone that follows me. And it's going to be on iTunes? Um, yeah, we're going to put it on iTunes, and there's a good website called VHX where um, Aziz Ansari puts his stuff and Greg Poops. And oh, brilliant. It's really, it's basically, you, you put a video up and say, I want to charge this much for it, and people can download it high quality. So oh, cool. You can do it like that. And follow Tiernan on Twitter. His Twitter handle is? Uh, it's at Tiernan D. So you got to be able to spell it, which is the hardest thing. Lots um, of vowels. Go for it. No, it's T-I-E-R-N-A-N-D-O-U-I-E-B. Fantastic. And we'll be up on iTunes, so um, we'll do a link to that. Thank you very much, Tiernan, for joining us. Um, so great to hear all your stories from back shaving by Gillian Anderson <laughs> to your parents saving the world. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks for having me.